0: Welcome back to another episode of the Baseball 360 podcast. I am your host, Mike Kanzel. And with us, also, we all can't forget our buddy, Foz. Nice to be on another episode with you, Mike. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, I just want to say last week's episode, the first ever of our uh, podcast, I had a blast filming it. I hope you guys at home had fun listening to it or watching it. It was enjoyable, and I can't wait to make many more.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was great kind of riffing together. Uh, Kind of been a while since we did that, just even amongst ourselves, too. Uh, We haven't really seen each other outside of this for a while. And uh, it was nice to kind of just get back together, talk about the sport we love. Each individually contributed to, uh, I hope, great topics that people are really enjoying so far and share some more additional nuggets on our end as well as we continue on. But uh, we got a lot to talk about today, especially... Um, talking about the new rule changes that are coming in 2023 for baseball uh, But before we get there, I wanted to ask you How's it been on your end so far Just seeing the audience engagement with our channel And, you know, how's it, how are things going on, on the end of editing and, and things like that?
0: Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie Editing does take a little bit of time But uh, I'm learning as I go along I'm learning little tricks, little shortcuts And little micro details to give you guys the best episode possible. Um, If you guys are listening at home or watching at home and you're video editors and you know, a thing or two comment below or shoot us an email at a homegrown sports network at gmail.com.
1: There you go. Nice little plug. And I will say additionally, uh, you know, I'm, I've been a video editor and producer for a while now, uh, but I'm kind of giving you the keys to kind of take over that and kind of learn there. And, you know, obviously we're going to try to help you out as much as I can, but Um, you know, so far so good. I can't really complain about what we've put out and this is the very beginning. The best thing for us to do is just to keep pushing out, keep going, and you never know what could happen in the future. We just got to put effort into it and show up and that's it.
0: I couldn't agree more with you, Foz. I mean, honestly, the hardest part is editing, uh, talking about baseball, and watching baseball. I'm doing that right now, actually. Canada 10, Great Britain 8, for those of you wondering. Just, I always wanted to make content of some sorts, and I've tried to go down other, you know, avenues and or niches, so to speak, but I came back home to baseball. I, I would be watching baseball anyway, so I feel like this is this is perfect for us.
1: Yeah, speaking of WBC, I'm sure we'll have a little bit later in the show for you guys, so stay tuned for that.
0: All right, guys, we're going to leg it out of the batter's box and take our butts to first base. we got a lot to talk about here. With the upcoming 2023 season, there's going to be a lot of differences to the game you love. There's going to be bigger bases, a pitch clock, which you guys already know about, and, of course, shift limits. Fazio, you sent me a long text after they decided to change these rules and you were 50 50 about it have you changed your mind at all
1: i think i've started to come around to the fact that pitch timers um i think in the end will benefit uh the viewer than i think people that play and watch baseball who are really really into the game i think the average viewer um i think you'll see a lot of those numbers tick up because the games will be going much faster. Uh, I know Jeff Passan, he put out a tweet uh, just kind of analyzing all of the spring training data so far and has basically shown that almost a half hour less in average game time than there was in the 2022 season. Again, for the average viewer, average person going to a baseball game that may not want to be there for three plus hours is going to greatly benefit them because they're going to notice a huge shift of wow like there's not only you know games are going pretty quickly but there's actually more action so like more into the specifics of these timers there's going to be a 30 second timer between batters so after an out is made or in the beginning of the inning uh they'll have 30 seconds to basically throw the first pitch there um and then there's basically 15 seconds between the beginning of the motion after receiving the ball with the bases empty or 20 seconds after receiving the ball with runners on base. So that's how much time in between pitches that the batter and pitchers will have. The batters really can't step out of the batter's box. There's like an eight second mark on the clock must be in there unless and if they don't, they get an automatic strike Pitchers that take too much time on the mound in between pitches. They're going to get an automatic ball. So, There's an instance in spring training early on. It was, I think, the second day of spring training where the Red Sox lost because I don't know if they lost, but the game ended because there was a call strike three and the batter didn't set in his box in time. So I don't know how I feel about that specific instance because they haven't really made changes to that particularly yet. And I know there's going to be something in the regular season or maybe even the postseason, who knows at that point, but definitely in the regular season where there's going to be a huge topic around this specifically where a batter just gets called out and the game ends and it's a crucial moment. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that specific instance and just this in general, Mike.
0: So to be clear, what happened in the spring training game was it was the bottom of the ninth and the game was tied. The strike violation, you know, the batter was out. Therefore, ending the inning. In the regular season, it would then go on to extra innings. Now, having said that, I don't want a game ending like that. I I really don't. I brought this up to you. I think football had something or at least used to have something that a game cannot end on a penalty. If they could just clean up, However, when it comes to the clock and its benefits, it's working. I was watching a spring training game the other day, and usually I noticed watching baseball after a pitch is thrown, you get a little time to maybe take a breath, check your phone, which you're probably going to do, and you look up and you're able to watch the next pitch. Two or three pitches are going by before I realize, oh, crap, i got to pay attention. Let me tell you something. For all you baseball fans out there, if you like the pitch clock, great. If you don't like it, guess what? Still not going anywhere. When it comes to batters, I don't know why they need to perform a circus act in between pitches. Like, get your butt in the box. You're telling me you can't hit a pitcher just because you didn't play with your batting gloves? Come on.
1: I love the um, the Votto video that was shared on social media. I think the at-bat was at least 10 years ago where he just didn't leave the box. And he actually drew a walk from that bat at that at bat and so there's going to be guys in the league that i think are going to love this they're going to be like yeah like i don't want to take time in between pitches i don't want the pitcher to kind of like stare me down like or just stare at the catcher to get another signal maybe perhaps a tick that the batter may show similar to like somebody in poker where you know you got you're trying to get a poker face and there might be a tick on you that you're not you're not realizing and people pick up on and, you know, that obviously shows in baseball too, even prior to this. But in any case, this is great, I think, overall, in the grand scheme of things, as long as you were mentioning before, it doesn't affect a huge outcome in a situation. Now, I will say this I think, and this is just based off of pure guessing and just a hunch, but I do believe, just thinking of the minds in the Major League Baseball Commissioner's office, That they're probably going to tell the umpires, hey, listen, let's relax this rule a little bit in the playoffs. I don't want, like, we don't want a situation, I don't even think they want a situation where something like that could happen. And so, there might be, you know, 10 seconds batter, you know, gets in the box. I think they'll allow it. Um, Your pitcher takes a couple more seconds. I think they're not going to call it. You know, hopefully it's just one of those things where they're just trying to keep the pace up the beginning of the season as the season's rolling on. They everyone starts getting into a groove. They're really just starting to get into it. It Mike, there's going to be violations for sure. And I'm sure an outcome of a game is going to get affected by this. uh, Just guessing. But it may not be like super significant, but it'll be definitely a talk of the of the of the week for sure. But in any case, I think, you know, hopefully by the end of the season, especially in the playoffs, everyone's in the rhythm. They're just wanting to do this so that they get pace of play down and, you know, make it more enjoyable for the average viewer.
0: Yeah, I mean, it might even get to a point two, three seasons down the road that we're not even going to notice it anymore and everybody's just going to be doing it. I will say, though, when it comes to watching the game on TV, I do like that it's going quick. But if I'm going to a baseball game, I don't care how long it takes. Let's be honest. Those concession stands close a little too quickly. Seventh inning, I believe. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny, I, and I wanted to actually just circle back to that before we move on um, to the next, like, shift change, but I was, you know, going to mention, like, for the people that do actually enjoy going to the baseball game live, I think some of them may feel like they were sh- – I don't want to say short-changed, but they're definitely going to feel the effect of, oh, wow, like, this game ends at 9.30, I'm leaving earlier. Uh, you know, or just, like, if you're drinking at the game and you have a few adult beverages – And you're noticing, you know, the seventh inning concessions are closing that might catch up to somebody, especially early in the year. So I would just say for those that are going out to games in April and and May, even early early part of May, pay attention because by the sixth inning, you're going to want that last drink in uh, for sure. I mean, I, I usually try to time it up, but just be aware of this game going quicker and, you know, hopefully just seeing more action, too. And speaking of action, let's just kind of touch up on the next rule, which is the shift changes. And so um, just to kind of riff on what I was saying before, with the shift change, the infielders are the ones that are getting affected by this. Now, you can shift in the outfield. Um, You can have two guys in right field, two guys in left field, depending on who's at the plate. We saw that with uh, Joey, Joey uh, Joey
0: Gallo. Joey Gallo. Oh, you mean Joey, Jerry Callow, C-A-L-L-O.
1: That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. Joey Gallo, yeah, of course. The Yankee great, of course. Who can forget about him? As, as a Yankee fan, I kind of feel bad for him. He was seriously in his head last year. They had no choice but to get rid of him. I hope he does turn around a little bit, just to stay in the league, because I think he does have a great power bat. But yeah, he, he really... Uh, struggled a lot but in any case in spring training this year uh they had shifted on him in the outfield to right fielders uh to protect the outfield you know of course because he has the power he wound up walking in the at-bat but in the infield the shortstop can't go as far as second base vice versa with the second baseman they have to be two players on each side of the field left right and so, with that change, there's you're going to see more singles and you're going to see more doubles from guys like Joey Gallo, and uh, <laughs> and even your boy um, what's <laughs> Vogelback. Vogie. Because <laughs> they're not shifting on him. But in any case, you know, I think with these two changes, you're going to see more action, and again, more action is better. And for pitchers, this affects them obviously most because you know with the shift. They got more outs and more opportunities to go further into a game. But with this change, you're going to see more singles, more hits in general. And for the average baseball viewer, that's good. Depending on who you ask in baseball, not as good. What's your take?
0: I just want to be clear that the shift is not like completely outlawed. If I'm not mistaken, the infielder cannot move until the pitcher starts his windup. That's correct. Okay. So, I was a little I wasn't entirely clear on that cuz I was watching a game and I saw the infielder move during the pitch and I saw him almost on the other side of second base. I believe it was a shortstop and I was a little confused by that. But um it's definitely not the extreme shift it was because last year and a couple seasons prior, I was watching and I just look at the infield and I'm like, "What game are they playing?" They have six right fielders, you know, but what made me even more angry is the hitter would hit the ball right into the shift because if you were to bunt it down the third baseline, that would be Bush League, you know, you and your three right fielders isn't. Didn't Anthony Rizzo like do it to almost like troll the other team at one point? I thought that was quite funny. McNeil of the Mets, he's a hes a hits machine, and even he would get shifted on, which I thought was a big surprise. But I think now he's going to find a couple of more holes in the infield. Not that he really needed help with that, but I think his average is likely to increase too.
1: Yeah, I think you're going to see some averages increase overall in baseball. And um, Again, I think for the average viewer, it's going to be good. And again, depending on who you ask, who like really loves baseball, some may hate it. Some may love it. But like you said before, this is what the new rules are going to be. So you got to just suck it up and and watch what you're (laughs) what the the rules are imposed. So
0: and it's going to cut out just a lot of that garbage time when we all know the
1: garbage is
0: the commercials, but they're not going to take
1: those away. The one rule I didn't really, we really didn't touch up on was those bigger bases. They're trying to expand these bases so that they limit injuries to players that are, you know, running to first, getting spiked, or just, you know, collapsing on their ankle. We've seen a ton of injuries in the past where players either collided together, had got knocked out of games, or again, they stepped on an ankle or stepped on a foot. They tripped, broke a knee, broke an ankle, broke a foot etc. And so with these bigger bases, I'm sure visually you'll see a little bit of a difference when you're at a game. But on TV it's probably gonna look almost the same. And really it's just to protect the player's health, uh, which is good. I think, you know, now that there's hopefully enough room where the the fielder can be on one half and the runner can go to the other half. I'm sure some runners will try to get their, you know, bodies in there just to try to break up a play or something like that to, you know, drive the focus off of the the ball. Overall, I think this change is more or less for the players, and I don't think anyone's really going to complain about this one.
0: No, going back to the bases, um, there are some times where I think, like you said, a bigger base would help, like to avoid that collision at first base, but I'm thinking um, less in terms of collisions – But I'm also thinking in terms of gamesmanship. How many times have you seen a quote-unquote phantom play at second base where they're trying to turn a double play and the shortstop or second baseman's toe just barely grazes the bag, sometimes doesn't even touch the bag, but the umpire, you know, it's one of those things like, yeah, it's part of the play, whatever, we're not going to call it. Now I think... They have a, a big enough bag to where they'll be able to turn a double play a little bit easier sometimes. When a runner tries to steal a base and they slide headfirst in, they sometimes slide over the bag and the shortstop waits and holds the tag because he know the guy is going to inevitably slide over the bag. How much bigger are they going to be
1: exactly in terms of size? Do you know? I do know. And the only reason why I know this is because I pulled up an article before just to try to get all this information in and as accurate as possible. Um, so these, yes. So these bases, they were 15 inches on each side and now they're 18 inches on each side. Home plate remains unchanged. It's the same, but as you were talking, I was actually reading because I was like, Oh, if they're bigger, then that means there's probably less distance between each base. And there actually is. There's um, a distance. So the distance between first base and second base and second base and third base is reduced by four and a half inches each. And the distance between home plate and first or third is reduced by three inches each. So quick maths, that's 15 inches total. That um, That is less. And that actually affects the name of our podcast. Because it's no longer 360 feet. It's 345 feet. We're keeping the name, people.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there's also going to be less pickoff attempts because I believe there's only two per at-bat now. Uh, I think there's certain stipulations there. Um, I, I don't know the exact parameters, but I think there are situations where a pitcher can get a third. if If someone is still at first but someone goes from second to third, it resets. So that is like an instance where he would get two additional throwovers if he wanted to do that. But yeah, I think overall less, uh, space between the paths, more opportunities for people to steal bases. But on top of that, now that there's a pitch clock, the pitcher can only have so many seconds before he has to throw the ball to the, to home, to the catcher. And additionally, not as many opportunities to throw over to first. So, yeah, I mean, if I was a fast runner in the league, I want to hit that 50 mark.
0: Guys, you heard it here first. Stolen bases, they're going up. They're going way up. The stock is up. Here we are at first base, looking to make our way towards second. We're going to talk about the current WBC, what we like about it so far, what we don't like, who surprised us, and who is disappointing us, along with the current spring training fiasco of injuries that we are experiencing with our favorite teams. But first, let's get to the WBC. The United States defeat Great Britain. A lot closer of a game than I expected, to be honest with you. I was expecting a mercy rule kind of game, especially with a team that shows up with aerial font on its jersey.
1: Definitely thought going into this that the United States would manhandle the Great Britain like they did back in the 1700s. Uh, that wasn't exactly the case, but you know they, they were able to come out. Schwarber hit a three-run bomb to right field, almost in the pool. Let's face it, the United States are probably a top-three team in this tournament and out of the gate, they've been like looking a little shake, a little shaky. Luckily, that first game that they played against Great Britain wasn't a huge threat. Maybe hopefully now they're they're all warmed up, they're ready for a bigger uh task. I wanna say real quickly too about this schedule, I'm not a fan of this 10 PM game. Uh, I understand they're playing in Phoenix, they're on the West Coast. I just think baseball's gotta do a better job of featuring these games in a little bit of an earlier window. I can maybe be forgiving over the weekend on Friday or Saturday, then playing a little later. However, I do believe that this game should be played at around 8 p.m. rather than at 10 p.m. You want to get people on the East Coast and even in the Central time zone to watch the majority of this game. And, you know, <laughs> Major League Baseball, I think, or at least the WBC and the committee, felt like they should have done a better job trying to get these games, at least the U.S., to be shown earlier in, in a time zone where everyone could watch the majority of the game.
0: Because it was Saturday, I had no problem staying up a little late, but I think I was ready to go to bed by like the 7th or 8th inning. You have to have these games scheduled at a better time, especially since they're not playing with all the new fancy rules that trim time off a game. I'm sure people smarter than you and I, which which is hard to find, uh, are in charge of making the schedule for all the times of these games, but got to do a little better than that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean... It is what it is at this point. This tournament's already been laid out in years past. Um, Hopefully in the next WBC, maybe they could try to adjust the schedule. Listen, I know that everyone's playing in different locations, Taiwan, Japan. You got to play those games early in the United States or later in the United States. Totally okay with that. But for the United States team itself, feature them prime time, please. Get the prime time slot. But I want to talk about the Dominican Republic as well. They lost their first game to Venezuela. A little bit of a surprise, no? That game had a lot of energy. Both
0: teams were up for that game. Dominican Republic and Venezuela. You could see the emotion from the first pitch. Uh, A routine single the entire dugout celebrating. Um, I I was looking at both the lineups before the game started, and I was like, obviously, they're both stacked. It's like an all-star team. And Dominican Republic you know, was, I would say, one of the favorites going in. Why were people overlooking a roster like Venezuela? That's a tough team, too.
1: Oh, yeah. They have a great team. I mean, just looking at the first game, Sandy Alcantara, Cy Young Award winner last year. He was pitching for Dominican Republic, so you figure he was going to go what his usual nine innings give up a couple of runs and you know bring him to to victory that didn't happen he only went three two-thirds obviously in wbc they're not going to let him pitch all those innings uh especially in the first game of the of the tournament however you know he did pitch three three and two-thirds gave up three runs so not really a sandy-like start he also had three walks two and only two strikeouts you know he gave up that homer but Again, first game, I think these guys are trying to get into the rhythm, especially in this pool play. I think more of these teams will get more into a rhythm. But Venezuela, you got to look at them. Their lineup is solid, like you said. You got Altuve leading off. Acuna Jr., who had a down year last year, who might be one of the comeback players of the year this year. And just going down the list, there's it's a powerhouse again. Um, so... Another team that's in this Pool D is Puerto Rico, and they also won their first game as well, and they also have a great lineup too. So, I mean, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, and Dominican Republic I think are going to battle out uh, to to advance, and you know, because of this Venezuela-Dominican Republic game, Dominican Republic losing out in this game might be the factor of them not advancing in the next round. That would be a huge upset, so we'll see how this shakes out in the next week. Uh, I still think Dominican Republic will turn it around and advance to this next round, but... Not a good start for them so far.
0: One more team I want to mention before we move on to spring training is Team Japan. I know the last episode I uh, mentioned two Japanese players who can become potential international free agents. One of them is Roki Sasaki, who just recently pitched the other day for Japan. Foz, I believe you have his statistics up?
1: Yes. So he pitched uh, on March 10th. He went three and two thirds, didn't give up an earned run, although one run was uh, credited to him unofficially struck out eight batters and only walked two so this guy has an arm
0: i believe he hit 102 miles an hour on a couple of pitches if i'm not mistaken as well and he's only 21 years old so I, that could be somebody to watch and um morataka morakami if i'm not mistaken is the other player's name yeah you got him Wow. Uh, he
1: hit 56 home runs, which I believe was the record in the NPB
0: League last year.
1: Yeah, it broke the God Sadahara O's record, actually. Uh, one of the best baseball players in Japan's history.
0: Team Japan is uh, seems to be a forgotten favorite just because they're part of the uh, Pool A, the games that nobody really seemed to care about. But Shohei Otani is showing out once again. That's no surprise there. Um, I'm telling you, they're a force to be reckoned with. I believe it.
1: Yeah, and Lars Núpár too is on this team. He's also doing great. He's on the Cardinals. We haven't we haven't really talked about him in the podcast yet, but I definitely wanted to mention him. Um, he's he like that whole team is top to bottom another powerhouse. So I think coming out of the international pool, and that's including both Pool A and B, they're the favorites, and I have to imagine they might be in the finals. And um, <laughs> they could take this all the way, um, especially, you know, with the loss that the Dominican Republic faced uh, yesterday against Venezuela. I don't know. I think Japan's got a really, really solid team. And I want to bring up one more guy uh, on the team. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> There's a guy, the guy, uh, I don't want to like make fun of him, but Hiroya Miyagi. He closed out the game yesterday through five innings, struck out seven only gave up one earned and two hits. So I don't know if he may come to the majors or not. I'm not exactly sure of his whole career statistics in the MPB, but I like the name. That's a five-inning save, if I'm not mistaken? That is correct.
0: You hear that, MLB GMs? You get yourself a five-inning closer, you'll be all right. Here we are at second base. The batter just hit a screaming line drive to center field, but the third base coach has given us the stop single. So we're going to sit here and talk about spring training, the ups, the downs, the injuries, the contract extensions, and much more.
1: Yeah, unfortunately for Yankee fans, a big blow. Uh, Hopefully this isn't another case of Carl Pavano back in the mid-2000s when they acquired him. Uh, But as of right now, they're saying that it's a left forearm strain. Uh, He's not going to throw... For another week or so, this happened a few days ago, so I think he's still on a 7-10 to day shutdown. And then we'll obviously start the season on IL. Probably won't come back until mid-April, probably late April, uh, more looking like. And so, listen, you know, the Yankees signed him for a six-year, $162 million contract. Uh, It's nothing small. This is a big contract that they're relying on this guy to be the number two starter. To be a starter, they can go to in the playoffs. And with him being injured... You know, hopefully it's just a small little injury here and he couldn't go the rest of the way. But in recent past, he hasn't been healthy, especially with the Giants. Uh, He's he's had some injuries in the past and there's a little bit of cause of concern for him, especially because he's one of the pitchers that have thrown more innings than probably a lot of others in the league. So uh, it's a little bit of a concern for me as a Yankee fan, um, but for him as well, obviously. And hopefully by the time he's back, you know, he can he can get ramped up and, and be good to go, but that remains to be seen as of right now. My boy Jordan Walker as well. He actually got injured uh, over the weekend. He had a little shoulder strain. Luckily, it's nothing serious. They said that he should be okay after this week, or at least after a couple of games, he should be back in the lineup. Remains to be seen if he's going to break with the majors. He might be sent to AAA to start the year, but... I still think that he should make the roster.
0: The Yankees' opening day opponent, the San Francisco Giants, just got some bad news themselves. They're going to lose a newly acquired outfielder, I believe, for the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, so it uh, looks like Mitch Hanneker, their biggest signing uh, of the offseason, I can remember he was trying to recruit Aaron Judge to uh, come to the team. It uh, looks like he's got a grade one left oblique strain, He suffered it Friday night in batting practice right before their game against the Rockies The club right now is not saying exactly if he's going to miss opening day or not, but definitely probably something to monitor as you know, the weeks go on (sighs) rough going in the Bay area. Uh, One of the best baseball fields in major league baseball, in my opinion, I had the chance to go back in 2007 to tour it and uh, I got to see Barry Bonds play against the Dodgers Uh, Didn't hit a homer that night. He was chasing the record that year, of course. Um, But hopefully, you know, their team, they usually figure things out. If they're not going to hover around 500, they usually surprise everybody and make it to the playoffs. So they'll either have one of those two scenarios happen this year. But uh, hopefully he gets, you know, healthier in time for the start of the season. However, my guy that I was talking about last week, Corbin Carroll, did not get hurt. In
0: fact, he got paid. Eight years, $111 million contract extension. I think it's the beginning of what the Diamondbacks are trying to do here. I think they're building for the future, but a future that isn't too far away in my opinion. I think Corbin Carroll is a phenomenal player, a special player, uh, a potential 30-30 type player. The 30 stolen bases are going to be easy for him. He might be a 30-50 kind of player. And this is is good for the Diamondbacks. They have... uh, they just drafted Andrew Jones's son first overall last year, Drew Jones, um, to go with some other prospects they already have in a in their system. So they're they're geared up, ready to go for the future. They got some good young pitchers as well. Uh, let's not forget catching prospect Gabriel Moreno. They are going to make some noise in that NL West for sure. I know it's not. You know, sexy to say you're going to compete for third place, but, you know, they're they're going up against the Dodgers and Padres, who they're the class of that division right now. But I think the Diamondbacks are going to sneak their way into the conversation more than the Giants will.
1: Wow. Mike's singing high praises for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, they have struggled a bit for, for the few years. I think the last time they made the postseason, I want to say, was in 2016. Or maybe 2017, correct 2017, me if I'm wrong.
0: 2017, I believe, yeah. Yeah,
1: they, they, they had a first-round exit against the Dodgers. Oh,
0: all I said was they were going to be better than the San Francisco Giants, which ain't going to take a lot.
1: That, yeah, I'll give you that. But, I mean, still, the, now there's two wild-card spots. You never know. The Marlins snuck in a couple of years ago.
0: They only have to play the Dodgers and Padres 14 times this year.
1: Uh, and then obviously vlog, uh, vlog them too. We want to kind of go around each stadium, kind of get like the nuances for each one. Uh, we did go to Colorado uh, a couple of years ago now. Unfortunately, we didn't vlog that one, but um, you know, never know in the future. Maybe we can go back there and do a video vlog. But for now, I think Arizona might be one of the first few ones we may hit up and uh, do like kind of like a, a tour of the stadium and how we liked it and stuff. So stay tuned in the far future for that one. Absolutely. We will make those videos, we
0: promise. You just got to tell us what you want to see. If you like watching three guys go cross-country to ballparks, we're right here for you. Here we are at third base, ready to head home. I want to thank you guys for joining us to another episode of the Baseball 360 Podcast. You can watch us on YouTube, you can watch us on Rumble, or... If you like, you can listen to us on anywhere you listen to your podcast. We are now up and running and uh, ready to go and looking to produce more quality baseball content for all of you.
1: Yeah, we're hoping to maybe even do some like original TikTok ideas and videos there as well. So make sure you're following us there on TikTok, on Instagram, Uh, anywhere you can find social media. We're basically on there. So find us, follow us, and uh, we'll supply the content as much as we can.
0: Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week.